Hey, everybody. You know, Steve and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and a whole lot longer than that as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, to heal betrayal trauma, and to reclaim your relationship. And we've gone ahead and poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you guys have done on your journey for healing and recovery, we guarantee you have never done anything like this. You know, we've made all the mistakes so you don't have to. Please don't reinvent the wheel. Guys, come on, let's get real. Tomorrow never really comes. Don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the PBSC Podcast. Steve Moore and Mark Castleman here. It's great to be with you today, as always. Uh, it's episode 144 of the podcast. Um, we're excited uh, to be with you guys today. Uh, where, where we're recording this, it's the leaves are changing. It's fall time. We're uh, always always a good time of year. I love I love this time of year. This is where this is where Steve gets to wear clothes that cover some of his pudginess. So it's it's kind of nice to <laughs> to operate in the, in the, like finally getting out of that awkward summer season where I keep needing to get more in shape. So anyway, <laughs> it's good to be with you guys. Got a great topic today. Um, we Mark and I have been talking recently about just some common themes that come up in our practices from time to time that aren't always brought up, um, you know, outside of a therapist's office, but that are really important to talk about. Uh, those who have been attending this podcast for a long time know that Mark and I are both addicts and addicts in long-term recovery. Uh, but we're also, you know, we also work as therapists and counselors. And we uh, you know, in that that kind of that unique role, you it, there are lots of different sexual proclivities that that come up that people in our culture, just in culture in general, have a hard time kind of talking about. Uh, Mark and I are pretty much open books, and that's one of the things that we hope you enjoy about the podcast is that I mean, I don't want to speak for Mark, but we talk about sex so many hours a day. I'm I passed desensitized on this topic like <laughs> a decade ago. So it's uh, you know, we're just kind of here. But um, we did want to talk about one such thing. And and what that is is uh we're gonna talk a little bit about sexual safety in general today, but specifically from one one instance. There uh there has been overall, I would say, a growing trend within the therapeutic community. Of coming in our line of work, of coming across instances where, uh, whether it's tied to addiction or not, um, instances where uh, partners, oftentimes more commonly uh, the, the male partner, are engaging in sexual activity with a partner uh, while they're sleeping without their consent. 
Um, and, and, and I know that a, a few of my clients who have brought this up in the past have almost kind of fear bringing it up, thinking that this is just so taboo. You know, I don't know if I can even mention it because this just sounds so out there, but it actually is far more common, I think, than most people realize and is something, like I said, that occurs within and without the addiction world. And it's really an important thing to talk about because there are a lot of sides to this issue um, having to do with consent, a lot of sides to this having to do with um, intention and all sorts of things uh, that we're going to kind of break down. Um, We recognize that tackling this topic, please take what you need and leave the rest from this podcast. We are not even going to attempt to address any one specific situation here because sexuality is extremely nuanced between every coupleship. But we are going to talk about these baseline concepts because uh, the different, you know, the difference between, for example, consent in a relationship for you guys that are are listening here, is the difference between your wife your wife being raped and having a really healthy sexual experience from your part with your partner. And oftentimes, the balancing act between that is is this consent concept, the safety concept. And it is something that needs to be discussed, and we care about you guys too much not to talk about it. So buckle up while we delve into a less a less known topic and and uh, demonstrate some good concepts while we talk about it. As always, guys, we would recommend uh, ha- if you're struggling with an issue, particularly like this one, where there can be so many nuanced pieces, finding a good qualified therapist who can help you as a coupleship and as an individual if needed to navigate this is is best practice. And we would, as always, uh, this and many other topics, we do go more in depth with with our Dare to Connect program for addicts, spouses, and couples. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, we have hour-long sessions with each of those populations where we engage on every topic under the sun when it comes to sexual recovery and healing of betrayal trauma in a relationship. And now we've also added and just had our first uh, 90-minute-long support groups for addicts and 90-minute support groups for spouses. Over this last weekend, had a great time. Um, uh, so now we're also providing support on the weekends that way as well, where clients are able to interact with each other. So would love to have you join us there. You can check out a free trial of that of that at uh, daretoconnectnow.com. But with that being said, let's uh, let's jump into it, man. Well, and one of the first things, Steve, you know, it can be easy for people that might find some of these kinds of behaviors in their relationship. They're very afraid to talk about it. Yeah, because they feel it might be, you know, completely weird or, uh, you know, off the charts, unique or unusual. You know, one of the things that's so important with this is transparency around our sexual relationship as a partnership. And we have a difficult time with that. We weren't raised, you know, we often joke in here about, you know, did you have, you know, the talk mm-hmm. <laughs> when you were growing up, right? <laughs> And just all of this stigma and taboo and all this stuff that surrounds this and getting to the place where we can, we can be transparent. We can find our voice. um, We can create a safe environment for each other in the coupleship where we can begin to be very open and speak our truth about this. Hmm. The other side of it is please be very aware that there's so many influences in our Sexual culture, the way we've been raised, the influence of media, what we saw in our homes, what was talked about among peers, previous relationships we've had. There are so many influences that contribute to our current sexual practices, preferences, tendencies, right? It's, it's not just about you, you know, they're, they're, please be aware of all the different things that have that have influenced you 
all the things your memory banks are full of from a lifetime of being exposed to a sexualized culture all play a role in how this shows up in your relationship. And so it's very easy to go to a place of shame, a place, you know, go to a place where I can't talk about this. I'm so broken or perverted or worthless or whatever, and just begin to realize there's a lot going on here. This is very complex. How we're showing up for each other has a lot to do with many things that have happened over a lifetime that we bring with us. And so can we step back and take a more open, um, holistic, transparent, healthy approach to this based on realizing that all of that is at play? Yeah, no, it's it's so true, guys. And, and, and like Mark was indicating, right? I mean, transparency about this is the name of the game. You're going to hear us talk about that through the whole thing here. Every sexual relation, sexual relationship is very complex. And for the majority of the couples that Mark and I work with, as we oftentimes also discuss on here, relationships are in a state of rapid flux, meaning that during the recovery process, things are changing. Things are always evolving in any aspect of a relationship, but that 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 process is oftentimes really accelerated during recovery, uh, be it from addiction or from other forms of betrayal. And when that is going on, you know, what what a sex act or or a sexual position or what have you represents one month may represent something very different the next month, right? Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Uh, there are, we'll talk about more about this as we get into this, but there are, for example, certain sexual positions or norms or whatever that may have been okay pre-betrayal, for example, that one or both partners may no longer feel safe to engage in either for themselves or for the coupleship. Likewise, on the recovery side, we see the same thing, right? There may have been sexual practices that were not safe or healthy prior to recovery, but now one or both people feel like they could be, right? And so the key with when you're navigating that is, is being really open with that um, on, on all sides. Now, we do understand that, uh, you know, and this is what we oftentimes hear from spouses, that there is a huge pressure. Uh, they, they, they feel a lot of pressure to they feel a lot of pressure that prevents them from finding their voice, I guess is a good way to, to mm-hmm. talk about this. Right. And we really do connect with that for, for, for any wife out there, for example, uh, we, I have worked with many spouses as has Mark over the years where these kinds of concerns will come up, but then they also have very valid concerns about bringing this up. Right. If I'm, for example, dealing with my addict partner who is highly emotionally reactive to things um, for many of you who are listening to this podcast can relate to that. You can only imagine that bringing up something around rejecting a particular sexual something, right? The the possible blowback that can come from that, which is a real concern for partners. The, the relationship is already tense. It's already strained. There's already a lot going on. And for a lot of partners, there's a real fear that if I if I find my voice on this, if I express my true self, that might just be like the death blow, right? Maybe he'll leave me. And I have financial concerns to, to worry about, or I have kids that I need to have a co-parent with. And if my marriage is already hanging by a thread, how do I navigate this? How do I talk about it? And so we really do connect with that feeling. Yeah. And the, and the, and the really crucial thing about this is if, you're, if you really do desire to have uh, the sexual part of your relationship be truly safe for both of you, if you want it to be truly intimate and connecting in a healthy way, there has to be transparency. You have yeah. to be openly sharing about what's going on and how you feel about it and, and what you're hoping for. 
there's just so many, so many old habits and old stigmas and all kinds of things that shut us down from talking about these things. As Steve just said, uh, sometimes out of a fear, if I say anything, then, you know, uh, my partner's going to be moody the whole rest of the week, or mm. I mean, he could get violent or right? just all sorts of reasons why we don't bring this up. So if we turn really quickly back to the specific example, Steve, that you gave, yeah. like uh, engaging in, in sexual acts with a partner when they are asleep and not consenting, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, as you and I have seen, that can fall into two categories. One is that the, the partner that's awake can engage in that intentionally. Mm-hmm. So, so he or, or she is engaging in it and they know they are. And, and there isn't consent with the partner that is asleep. And there's also another, another uh, part that, that uh, can show up, which is unintentional, meaning that uh, we've seen people where it, it can be kind of a sleepwalking or half dream state or yes. you know, not really conscious. That, I mean, that, that does happen. And as I even bring that up, please, 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 <laughs> everyone listening, do not... Uh, hear us saying that that is a all encompassing excuse. Well, I didn't know no. what I was doing. I was I was I was half conscious. Um, yeah. but there are legitimate examples of that. Yeah. So let's do talk about that piece because uh, they they uh, first of all let's be clear both of them end with the same result. It's not okay either way. Okay. So I'm just going to put that out there and we'll come back to that piece. But if we talk about this unintentional component, I have worked with multiple clients over the years where they do. Uh, have issues with sleepwalking or like a semi-waking dream state uh, where they will either in some cases not recall, but in more often than not the cases that I've worked with where clients will recall the actions that they take where they're groping a partner in their sleep or attempting to initiate sexual contact. But like a dream, it they don't feel like they're actually in control. Like they're more watching it. It's an experience that they're having as opposed to something that they're doing. Now we're not going to get into waking dream states and all that stuff today. That's a discussion for another time. That's not appropriate for a forum here, but we do recognize that that is a thing. And so uh, with that being said, that is an element to take into consideration. What we would say is that regardless of where you find yourself, right, whether this is an action that you are taking intentionally or one that is, that is happening or occurring unintentionally from a safety standpoint, point number one, is that the that behavior, if it's not consensual, needs to stop and it needs to stop immediately. Sexually violating a partner, whether it's intentional or not, intention does not determine emotional traumatic impact. Okay, mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing that probably anybody can take from this today. Your intentions may be, whether it's conscious and maybe you think that your spouse is into that and she's not and she hasn't made that clear, or whether this is something that's like a waking dream state, it is your responsibility for for you as the part or as the as the person engaging in this behavior to be actively seeking ways if 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 it is unwanted behavior that it's on you to figure out ways to deal with this i have worked with clients for example with this unintentional dream state where i will share with you one in particular client and i appreciated them they did this before i ever worked with them but i appreciated their their willingness well, they had a conversation about this because this was a problem. She was open with him about, hey, like this is really violating. This is causing all sorts of trust issues. And he took it seriously. And they did a lot of a trial and error that involved everything from him sleeping like in a mummy bag that's like zipped up really tight so he couldn't get out of it while he slept. 
to actually sleeping in another room with her locking the door. Mm. Right now, I'm not saying that's appropriate for for anyone here. What I'm saying is, is that the attitude and the approach to that is what's healthy, because what is he doing? He's championing her safety and he's saying, you're right. I am accountable for that. Whether it's intentional or not, doesn't matter. You need to feel safe while you're sleeping. I don't want you looking at me as somebody who's going to be violating you or causing you distress. So if that means locking me in a room and a flipping mummy bag, then so be it. Right. Until we can get a better handle on this and work, work through that in therapy or maybe some hypnosis, things like that can be, can be all used in that. But um, so that's, that, that would be point number one, right. Is that guys, you need to be, and and this could be women too. I know we're kind of being a little bit biased there with the, it could go either way, but, but for you partners out there, if you are the one engaging in this and you are not a hunt and this is in any way, not consensual, or you're not certain if it is, it is your job to be asking those questions. One, dialing in with where does that intention come from so that you can be working on those things if they need to be worked on. But two, it is your responsibility to be asking and and volunteering to your partner and saying, hey, when I engage with you in this way, this is how it affects me, but how is that impacting you? Right? You need yeah, to be asking those questions. Okay, Not just this singular issue that we're talking about, no, but, but no. any sexual behaviors and acts and things that you're engaging in as a couple. What does this mean right? to you? What does any of it mean? And, and as we talk about, you know, partners on, on this, uh, the partner who, you know, is, uh, let's say, for example, the partner that's asleep or the partner that's more passive in this process, you know, your number one priority is your safety. That is yes. absolutely the number one priority, not placating him or her, you know, not going along to get along. Safety is your number one priority. And, and here's the thing with that safety. And I know that, this is such an important point. You have the right, and, and Steve, you rightly call it the obligation to be very clear with yourself and your partner about how whatever sexual behavior this is, is affecting you. Yes. Right? Be very careful to not stay silent and expect your partner to mind read you or to, you know, to, to lead out if they're not in a place to be healthy enough or in recovery enough to lead out, find your voice, speak your truth, right? That is up to you. Yes. Yep. We, we, it can, there's responsibility on both sides here, right? To, to be both expressing, but also hearing and listening and looking for out for a partner. And we know that everyone listening, your relationships are in a variety of states, ranging from probably pretty healthy to maybe not healthy at all. And again, there are lots of unique concerns, and there are certain ways to bring up and address topics. But but for you, you spouses who find yourself in fear, we say it with all the love and the sympathy in the world, because we really can connect. There are huge issues at play for this, but please love yourself enough to speak up, okay? Um, for your and to take action if necessary. If sadly, if he is not willing to abide uh by by that, or if he continues to push boundaries, that's where boundaries become more forceful. I am very open with my clients that I don't counsel clients in my office to divorce ever, except in cases of abuse. That is the one exception that I have to that rule. I don't feel like it's a therapist's place personally and professionally to say to somebody, yeah, I know you well enough and your partner, you should divorce right now, no questions asked. But that is one exception. A relationship in which abuse is present and sexual violations are occurring and there is not any and 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 that's not being changed or worked on or acknowledged or whatever the case may be 
that relationship is not going to work in a way that will be healthier or beneficial to both of you. And so well, please, and please, be, please do do that. Let's be clear about that. Uh, the, the definition of abuse, right? Yes. Sexual, any kind of sexual engagement without mutual consent. consent is sexual abuse. Yes, absolutely. Well, that sounds harsh, but, but we have to, we have to walk a tight line on this. Otherwise all kinds of rationalizations and justifications and everything starts to creep in. You guys signing a piece of paper or having a ceremony a year ago or five years ago or 50 freaking years ago, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, sexual consent is not something that is implied. It's always something that has to be requested and given. And, and, and I know it's easy in relationships for us to really make assumptions about our partner. You and I, you, Mark and I talk about this all the time. One of the best things about being married for a long time is, you know, your partner better than anybody else. But the worst part of it is, I'm going to change the phrase we usually use, is that you assume more about your partner than anybody else. And that's the problem oftentimes with these relationships. When things are changing and when we're actively, especially working on things, too often these conversations, it's not that they're even avoided all the time. Sometimes they just aren't happening. And either way can result with the same outcome. And so there, you can do more harm to a relationship or build up more in the bedroom than you can in a few other locales. And it's something that you really do have to treat. I know I'm going to sound a little old fashioned here, but almost sacredly Um, you are, you are walking on pretty sacred ground when you're treading in this area. And so doing everything that you can to safeguard the safety of your partner and making sure that that piece of your relationship stays as connected and transparent and authentic as possible, wherever it is. Um, is a huge component to the overall health and the recovery process for for wherever you're at. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to bring up something real quick for if you're a partner and there's something in your relationship where you're not comfortable with what's happening sexually, but you're afraid to bring it up or you're, or the circumstances are not really conducive to that, please look for a safe environment, for example, with a third party like a therapist. Or yes. you know somewhere else where you can bring it up where there is a facilitator or a professional or an intermediary present rather than trying to confront your partner directly. You may not be in a safe enough place to be able to do that. Yeah. And so seek for a seek for a safe third party environment where you're able to speak that truth if that is necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, as always, we really appreciate you being here today. This is a really complicated, uh, tough topic. If you have questions about that, as always, you can reach out to us at pbscpodcast.com. We're happy to add any clarifying uh, uh, comments to, to that. Again, it's a wide-ranging topic. And as well as any other topics that you would like tackled on the podcast, we appreciate our listeners. Uh, we we know that you are tuning in from all, literally all over the globe in over 160 countries and uh, we couldn't be more gratified by your patronage, and it, it always does good to us to hear the ways in which this podcast helps you, and be it in big or small ways. So thank you so much for for being a part of it. And again, we would love to see you guys join us over at Dare to Connect. If you like what you hear here, take this and multiply it by, I don't even know what the number would be, 12 a week? <laughs> yeah, probably. 12 times a week? I mean, we offer over six hours of content um, every single week, if not more over the Dare to Connect program and are able to engage and interact with you on a whole new level. And we would love to see you there. Again, you can check that out at daretoconnectnow.com. We do have a free two-week trial that's going on for that. Um, other than that, Mark, I I guess we'll wish these wish wish our listeners a good week. Yeah. Thanks for being with us on PBSE and we'll we'll catch you next time. Take care.
Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.